0: Hey friends, do you feel like something is holding you back? You know this isn't the life you wanted, but you feel stuck, unsure of how to move forward. What's really holding you back? That's the topic of this week's episode. I talk with Coot Blackson, a transformational teacher, speaker, and the best-selling author of You Are the One and The Magic of Surrender. He walks us through three questions to ask when we feel stuck and unsure of our purpose. And he talks us through how to take action despite the fear we feel. If you are ready to stop feeling frustrated, stuck and confused about your life, this episode is for you. Are made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. I'm here to help you navigate life as a military spouse, get unstuck, and craft a life with purpose. Hi, I'm Christine, a military spouse of over 10 years, mom of littles, and coffee connoisseur. You have something valuable to offer, and when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, You trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. If you feel stuck waiting for some future season to chase your dreams, then it's time to discover who you are meant to be. Because together, we can change the world. Are you participating in our 30-day clarity challenge? Each day this month, I am posting a question prompt in our free Facebook community to help you gain greater self-awareness about who you are and what you really want in life. The first step to getting unstuck, as we'll talk about in just a few minutes, is getting this self-awareness. And my goal this month is to help you do just that. So if you are not already a part of our free Mill Mastermind community, if you are ready to find a tribe of other military spouses who are tired of feeling frustrated by military life, who are ready to take back control of their life to reclaim their life and dreams there that community is waiting for you. Just go to mostbossmastermind.com forward slash community, or look for us in your Facebook group search bar. We can't wait to have you join us now. A note before we get started today, we had a few technical difficulties with this recording. Not only was I on the floor of my closet and having a couple of Wi-Fi issues, the movers showed up at the exact same time. So I apologize for that and if you can hear any of the doors shutting in the background, but this is military life and this is what this looks like. To move forward despite the obstacles that get in the way. So... I hope that you can give this recording some grace because there's so much value to what Coot says and what he brings to us. In fact, I would recommend grabbing a pen and some paper if you aren't driving right now because this is probably an episode that you're going to want to listen to again and again. Coot's story is amazing and he has so many valuable insights to share with us about discovering what's really holding us back and how we move forward despite the fear we feel so let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Coot Blackson well welcome back to the show I am so honored to have Coot Blackson on the show with us today he is the host of Soul Talk with Coot Blackson welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me
0: Well, I would love first just to hear a little bit about your story and what led you to do what you do today.
1: Wow. Um, Let's see. I've always been fascinated with human beings. And so, look, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. I now live in the U.S., so I feel like I'm a citizen of the world. And from a very young age, uh, I always felt people's pain. And, and, and there was a deep part of me that wanted to alleviate people's suffering in some way. And so, uh, as a young boy, uh, one of my first memories, I grew up in a very, let's say, mystical spiritual environment. And as a young boy, there was always a part of me that not only felt this calling to help people and alleviate suffering, but I grew up in this, this sort of unusual environment. Uh, it didn't seem that strange to me, but for instance, um, One of my first memories was seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. And so week after week, I would see blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. And uh, the same man who sent she picked up would look at a woman in the wheelchair and say, stand up, you're not sick. And so this was my father. And my father built uh, was considered the miracle man of Africa. Uh, he built three hundred churches in Ghana, West Africa. He built a huge church in London about four to three to four thousand people every sunday and so even though it was a sort of mystical environment, spiritual environment uh, I didn't think anything that unusual of it for me miracles and 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 the sort seemed very normal, seemed very common, seemed just like my normal everyday existence and so one of the blessings was I really didn't have a sense of limitation. Uh, I grew up with a sense that everything was possible, which I think was a huge blessing. And so when I was age eight, uh, my speaking career began in that my father just once one Sunday invited me or threw me on stage and said to speak. And that began my speaking career. And at age 14, I was ordained as a minister, given the mandate to take up my father's spiritual organization and legacy. And that, That, as as impactful as that moment was, I knew that that wasn't my path. I knew that wasn't my destiny. I knew that wasn't my my soul's journey, my purpose. And I was too afraid to speak my truth. My fear was if I spoke my truth, if I told my father how I felt, if I said no, that I would lose his love, that I would be outcast, that I would be alone, that I would be abandoned. And so I said nothing and went along with it. And I think like many of us, we allow fear to hijack us. We allow fear to limit us. We allow fear to stop us from being and expressing who and what we really are. And the fear of if you really know who I am, you won't love me. And so I think fear limits many of us. And so for me, uh, for, for the next four years, I got ordained. For the next four years, I began serving my father's community. All with the while of knowing that something wasn't aligned and something wasn't true and something wasn't authentic. And so it took me about four years to muster up the courage to have the conversation with my father. And my, my entire life was set out for me. I looked into my future at age 18 and I knew that I had to make a decision. Um, I felt this calling to come to America. I felt this calling to come to Los Angeles. All of the, I started reading self-help books from a very young age because of my father's books, bookshelf were literally thousands of spiritual and personal development, self-help books that from Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson and Louis Hay to the Eastern Mystics. And, and so I, at, at around 17, 18 years old, I felt this deep calling to come to the U.S. and go into this field of personal development, spirituality, and self-help, and I want, and this was how I wanted to impact lives, and so my soul was calling me in one direction, and I felt this this conflict because uh, all of these expectations were pulling me in another direction, and as I looked into my future, I projected into age twenty, age thirty, age forty, age fifty, age sixty, and as I projected into my future, I saw that I could be successful by society standards and yet if i didn't have myself if i didn't have my truth if i didn't have my soul if i didn't have my own authenticity then what did i have what do i have if i don't have myself and i felt such a pain of self-betrayal i felt such a pain of of my own sense of soul suicide if i just went down the most the the, the path of least resistance and what was expected of me and so at 18 i had left everything behind decided to do what was the scariest thing, which was have the conversation with my father. And uh, we had the conversation. I was terrified, but I followed my soul. And I really believe that when we follow our souls, when we follow our truth, when we don't compromise our integrity, that we will always end up in the right place, even though the route that we take might not be the most expected. And so followed my soul. And my father and I, we didn't speak for two years, which was extremely difficult and challenging. And uh, cut a long story short, ended up winning a green card uh, in the green card lottery, which is a thing, which was a thing at least. And that's what brought me to the US, two suitcases, a $1,000, maybe $800 in my pocket, uh, one suitcase full of clothes, one suitcase full of self-help books. and showed up in Los Angeles following a dream, following my soul's call. And uh, I went and found many of the mentors and teachers and authors that I'd read about, studied with some of them, and then went and traveled the world. Uh, A few years later, I went to Spain and walked the Camino 900-kilometer trek. I went to Thailand, studied with some monks, went to Israel, studied with some rabbis, really on a quest to try to understand myself and understand what is life and what's the purpose of life and why do we incarnate this human existence and is the purpose of life just to wake up, make money, go to work and, and go on a vacation and then die? Like surely there has to be more. To this experience to this process called life and so that took me on a quest and i ended up in india and my time in india really was transformative in such a way that it broke my heart open broke my ego open and took me to a depth inside of myself that really transformed my life in a very deep and profound way and so out of that uh, i came back to america and uh Felt this calling to help people and inspire people. And 20 years ago, I began working with people one on one. And one person came and their life transformed. Another person came and their life transformed. And just one on one, and then it grew to small groups, and one in five, one on ten, one on twenty, and then just kept evolving to larger groups and seminars. and, and now two best-selling books: "You Are the One" and "The Magic of Surrender." And so that's really the short version. What well, I, I don't really—I I started off coaching people, but I—I I, I really quickly found that I don't really coach people. If anything, I uncoach people, I uncondition people, I unteach, I untrain people from the patterns of conditioning that prevent us from being most authentically who we are, the patterns of conditioning that we learn to develop from childhood that inhibit our full and free expression. So I, I uncoach people and create processes and experiences that help us peel the layers away and connect with our own authentic self
0: that's such an an amazing and insightful story and what one thing that really stands out to me in in you telling that story is a talking about that fear that you faced, but the mm-hmm. fact that you had such an awareness at such a young age that this wasn't the life that you wanted that there was something different and that it wasn't in alignment with how you were created so can you talk to me about having that feeling that something is off and what was it do you think that led to really that awareness at a young age
1: you know it was it was when I think back it wasn't like a conscious thing but I remember when my father announced to 4,000 people who were in the audience live and then you know, tens of thousands in his organization at the time in, in in Ghana, that I was taking over. He didn't discuss it with me, and so I'll never forget being on stage and it being announced, and everyone was so happy. And I thought, well, I guess I should be happy and honored and privileged that I'm given this responsibility. But it was just a feeling, you know. It was a feeling that something wasn't resonating. It was a feeling that something wasn't quite right. It was a feeling that something wasn't just just something didn't quite land in the way. I I I needed it to, and it just felt like a shoe didn't quite fit. And I was trying to justify and rationalize and make it fit. And I think so many of us we we deny the subtle sensations. It was a feeling in my body that wasn't quite right. It was an uncomfortability that wasn't quite right. And so, you know, I think one of the things and, and for me, what so what helped me move through uh the 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 uncomfortability was, it was the willingness to sit with and acknowledge the pain, the willingness to sit with. And when I projected into my future, it was so painful. When I projected into, into my future and felt the self-betrayal, I realized that if I begin lying to myself now, in order to get love validation and approval now, I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life playing a role, playing a game I'm going to have to spend the rest of my life living a lie in order to get the love that I started out to try to get in the first place. And the pain of my, that, that self-betrayal was so intense, so deep that it, it, it just, it just hit me. And, and so I think as human beings, if there's, a, if there's a place people can begin, if there's a, people are wondering, well, where do I start? How do I even start? One of the places that I think as human beings keeps us stuck, keeps us blocked keeps us limited keeps us from truly transforming are all the ways that we lie to ourselves as human beings for reasons we can go deeper into we we're constantly lying to ourselves and rationalizing we're constantly, sometimes we're lying to ourselves and we, we're so conditioned that we don't even know that we're lying to ourselves. We think that what we feel is what we feel. We think that who we are is is, is who we really are. And we're not aware that we're conditioned And in, in order to function and survive. And so I think to truly transform requires truth. There is no transformation without telling yourself the raw, the real, the authentic truth. And yet we we stay in relationships that we know aren't right. We work jobs that we know, where we, where we end up compromising our truth or our integrity that we know is not the true reason for why we were put on this planet and the gifts we're here to share. But we do it out of security, out of fear, out of survival or out, out of guilt. And so truth is the foundation of transforming one's life. There is no transformation authentically without telling yourself the real, the raw, the honest, truth so so the first question we have to be willing to ask ourselves if we're going to start transforming our reality is number one what lies am i telling myself what lies am i telling myself and the more we're willing to the truth will set us free to me truth is Truth is real spirituality, truth is real spiritual practice, truth is real yoga, truth is real meditation. If we started to tell the truth to ourselves, raw, real, unapologetically, compassionately, honestly, authentically, if we started to tell the truth to ourselves, so many of the issues and the problems and the challenges that we face will just begin to fall away and dissolve and resolve themselves But we often don't. And so the first question I would invite people to sit with is, what lies am I telling myself? Just simple, straightforward. What lies am I telling myself? The thing is, we all want to be free. But what we have to realize is that freedom isn't free. Freedom requires that we let go of what's no longer aligned. Freedom requires that we release and let go of what's no longer authentic. We have to, when we, when we ask that question, what well, lies am I telling myself, we have to be willing. We have to want the truth more than we want what we have. We have to want the truth more than we want what we want. And sometimes we say we want to be free, but really we, we want our comfort. We want our safety. We're trying to preserve ourselves. And the truth is the next level of our life requires the next level of us and the next level of us requires that we release and let go what is no longer authentic, what's no longer aligned, what's no longer vibrational match. But often out of fear and self-preservation, we end up holding on so tightly to who we were, so tightly to what we have, even if it's not bringing us joy and happiness and fulfillment, we hold on out of fear, out of security, out of safety. And holding on to what's no longer aligned simply blocks our blessing, simply keeps us stuck. And we don't even realize that we're blocking our blessing by holding on. And so we have to start with the truth. What lies am I telling myself? And I think one thing that's also important that we can uh, preface is if you, if one is willing, To And see, sometimes we're afraid of telling ourselves the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. And so we end up playing this game of confusion. I'm confused. I don't really know what my truth is. I don't really know what I want in life. I don't really know what my purpose is. Confusion is just another smokescreen because if we're confused, we don't have to take action. If I'm confused and I don't know, I don't have to own my truth and maybe do something about it. We're afraid of the consequences. For me growing up, my fear was if I really own my truth. I would have to leave my father's church and speak to my father, tell him the truth, and I'd lose the relationship forever. And that was my fear. And so we often use confusion as a self-protective mechanism. And so I would invite people to sit with, what lies am I telling myself, but also what am I pretending to not know? There is a deep part of us as human beings. If we're really honest, that knows. Deep down, we know. We know I've heard so many clients say to me, I don't know what my purpose is when, when maybe you don't know all the details, but there is a sense, there is an inkling, there was a nudging, there was a knowing. But the fear is if I really own what my purpose is, I may have to do something about it. But if I don't know, or if I remain in confusion, I can stay in that smoke screen of, of confusion and I can stay in the safety and the comfort zone. If I stay in the safety and comfort zone, I don't have to risk. I don't have to take action. I don't have to put myself out there. And if I don't put myself out there, then. I can always have the hope of the future fantasy, the possibility of that thing. And so I always tell people, take the pressure off of yourself of having to take any action. Take the pressure off of having to take action. When you take the pressure off of yourself of having to take action, you don't have to leave the relationship. You don't have to leave your job, but just own the truth. Maybe if you're on a job that you hate, just acknowledge, I hate my job and feel that. And just really feel it. Sometimes it's scary to feel it because the fear is, oh, shit, what what, what do I need to do? What, what what does that mean? Does it mean I have to leave? No. Uh, but if you take the pressure off and you just own the truth, or you, maybe you're in a relationship and you know it hasn't been right for years, it's not aligned, you're not in love, I'm no longer in love. And just let the truth marinate, let the truth burn inside. That begins a process. And so what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? And lastly, we can sit with, an honest investigation of what are the lies I'm telling myself? What is it costing me? What is it costing me? There is a cost when we lie to ourselves, and the cost is pain, mental pain, emotional pain, psychic pain, spiritual pain, physical pain, uh uh, uh ongoing like it will manifest as, as as a depression, it might manifest as a physical ailment, it might manifest as an ongoing disease. Pain is simply, I believe pain is a blessing. I believe pain is a gift. I like to say that pain is simply feedback, trying to get our attention, showing us where we are not in alignment. Pain is trying to show us something. But in our culture, we're not taught how to feel the pain. We're not taught to acknowledge the pain. What we're taught is to distract from the pain, deny the pain, suppress the pain, not feel the pain. We drink it away, smoke it away, drug it away, sex it away, social media it away, so that we don't feel the pain, but that just simply keeps us stuck. And so if we lie to ourselves, it's meant to be painful. It's meant to be painful. And so it's not about whether we feel the pain. It's more about are we willing to acknowledge the message of this pain and use that pain as feedback to course correct, use that pain as feedback to bring oneself back into alignment. And and so sitting with then, OK, rather than running with the pain, just sitting with, OK, what what is the cost? What is the cost of lying to myself and feeling that? feeling the pain of that so that it begins a process that begins to burn inside. And that burn of the truth starts to uh, create a process and starts to create some momentum inside of you, some impetus for change. And so I think where people can begin is the truth. Where I had to start was the truth. And I think if we start telling ourselves the truth, life will begin to shift and alter radically. And that's what I did when I was in my teens. I didn't kind of have it framed in the way I'm sharing, but I just began by acknowledging the truth. And the truth, which took me years to acknowledge was, this is not right. This is not a And 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 because I let myself feel the pain of that misalignment, I knew what I had to do.
0: So was it that you felt the pain so much, that is that what really helped you overcome that fear? Because so often, we we know that we don't love the way things are today, but we don't do anything about it. We continue to stay stuck and we are so afraid of what we don't know that we stay with what we know, even if it's causing us pain, even if we're not loving the way that our life looks. So do you have tips for really moving past that fear to help us take action?
1: Look, here's the thing. You don't have to move. I think one of the greatest illusions is that you have to move past the fear. I was terrified. See, that that idea of you have to get rid of the fear, you have to move past the fear, you have to overcome the fear, you, ha- you have to do something about the fear, is a sneaky, is an ego sneaky way to actually not move past the fear. It's, a, it's another sneaky way to stay exactly where we are. To me, fear is just a fever. fear. Fear is simply energy fear is simply energy in motion it is feedback there are no good feelings there are no bad feelings in fact i would i would go as far to say this if you if you have a dream and you don't feel some fear then likely your dreams are too small if you don't feel fear your dreams are too small so fear is a part of the process Fear can be a sign that you are being stretched and expanded outside of your comfort zone into the unknown. And so if we can just give up the the idea that, oh, I have to get rid of this and then I'm going to take action. No, I think we have to learn to breathe into the fear. Fear can be uh, excitement without breath. So one thing, acknowledge the fear. Don't judge it. See it as anything wrong. See it as an invitation and an opportunity to expand outside of your comfort zone and tap into a deeper part of yourself that you haven't necessarily tapped into yet. We're often afraid. We have to ask ourselves too and question, what is it I'm afraid of? Uh, sometimes we don't even know what we're afraid of. Sometimes we're just afraid of the unknown. Sometimes we're afraid of feeling out of control. Sometimes we're afraid of just failing. So I think if we can also redefine um, our definition of failure, right? Uh, I won't succeed. I won't get what I want. For if, so, so the way I like to see things that really help me also is when you redefine your definition of failure and success. Like if 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 it's really, if we are souls and we incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to evolve and life is a school, and that means every experience is part of that curriculum for your soul's evolution That in every situation, in every goal is a learning opportunity. If we get more committed to the process, so that we're more committed to learning on the journey and in the process of the pursuit of our dreams and goals, then I would say the real success is in the process and the learning and who we become, not in the success or the failure and so I think when we can also reframe success to learning the lessons along the journey learning the lessons that become more of our authentic self then that also can take some of the fear away so if you feel fear and you feel oh my god there's so much fear number one be still and breathe just breathe breathe into the fear you'll often find fear is on the flip side is excitement breathe into the fear and I would even say take the label label off of the feeling that you're calling fear every feeling is just energy and every feeling has a cycle and every no feeling is permanent and lasts forever the reason that fear often or a feeling often stays stuck or, or 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 has a grip on us is because we're busy suppressing it denying it or resisting it instead i think it's important that we breathe into it we take the label off of the fear and just experience the sensation, the sensation of the fear, what we were previously labeling as fear, experience that sensation in your body. When you experience the sensations of that fear in your body, not as fear, but just as energy, you will begin to find that The less you resist it, the more you're with it. The more you're just with it, breathing into it, not trying to get rid of it, not trying to deny it, not trying to suppress it, not shaming it, judging it, fighting it, but just being with it and experiencing the sensation of the energy of that, in quotation marks, fear through your body, the natural cycle of that energy of fear will often begin to melt and dissolve naturally. And then it doesn't have to have a grip on you. It's natural to feel afraid when you are going somewhere you haven't gone before. It's natural to feel afraid when you're going outside of your comfort zone. To me, this is a sign uh, that you're growing, but you don't have to let the fear hijack you or have to get rid of it. It's about cultivating a different relationship with the fear and breathing through that so that you can keep expanding and The last thing I'll say is sometimes we get over stuck in fear and overwhelmed, which prevents us from taking action because we look at a goal, we look at a dream, we look at something we want, a a desire that we have, and we see that it's so big, it's so huge, like the sense of how the hell am I going to manifest this huge thing? It's impossible. It's an impossible task. And then it freaks us out. And then we don't even start. And we sit there on the couch going, I'm paralyzed in fear because it seems bigger. It seems so big. Instead, what's important, I tell people, chunk it down, write down every step of the goal, write it down, put it on paper, because often when you can see all the steps of that vision or that goal or what you need to do, it, 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 it quantifies it and brings into, brings it into tangible reality. When you quantify and you break it down into steps, then you're no longer focusing on the entire 700 things uh, that you have to do in order to accomplish that dream. You focus then on what is the next action step what is the next action step okay make a phone call okay most of us we can do that but when we focus on the whole task of building that business it's scary or send an email next action step, next action step, next action step. When we chunk it down, that can help us come into the moment and not go into the future fantasy or the negative future. It doesn't trigger the mind to go into the negative future fantasy of all the possible things that might go wrong, that could happen, that might not happen, that could happen, that may never happen. And most of the things that we project into the future, into a negative future fantasy, but often, most of it often doesn't happen. And if it does staying in fear and spinning in your mind definitely doesn't solve it. It doesn't change it. It doesn't solve it. It doesn't resolve it. And so for me, one of the things I was afraid of was losing my father's love. And so what helped me move through the fear was feeling the pain. If I'm going to be specific, it was feeling the pain and, and, and really like letting that pain motivate me and the reality of that. But I had to, in advance, my greatest fear was I had to face my greatest fear and feel my greatest fear, and basically make peace with it. We're so busy resisting. So my greatest fear was, so I asked myself, what is my greatest fear? That I'll never have a relationship with my father ever again. That was my, that was my fear in, in the situation. So rather than running from it and denying it, I just faced it head on. And I said, okay, if I never have, can I make peace with this fear? For four years, I couldn't. But it co- I got to the point where I realized, wait a second. Can I make peace with this fear? Never having a relationship with my father again, that was painful. But when I fell into the alternative, which was betraying myself for the rest of my life, that was way more painful. So I'm feeling the fear of that pain. But then I had to face my fear and ask myself, in the worst case, can I make peace with this? And as painful as it was, as heartbreaking as it was, I had to begin a process, and this is what helped me. I had to begin a process of letting go and grieving my father. I had to face that and grieve him. and re- so, so it was like releasing him and grieving him before it even happened. So by the time I had the conversation with my father, I was still somewhat afraid, but I had released him, which was my greatest fear. I had released him within my own heart, within my own self. And I'd made peace with the fact I may never have a relationship with him for the rest of my life. And we didn't for two years. We didn't for two years. But then years after that, I got to a point where, cut a long story short, I ended up forgiving my father when I came back, came to the U.S. And we began a relationship. But this time, it wasn't a relationship based on me being what I thought he wanted me to be, it was a relationship based. It was a real, authentic relationship based on the foundation of me being authentic. And so, make peace with your make peace with your greatest fear, and ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Make peace with the worst, but then also ask yourself, what's the best thing that can happen? Like we're often so focused on what if it goes wrong, what if it this is a disaster, what, what what if it went right? What if it went beyond? what we could imagine, what then? We're often not focused on, what if it turns out more amazing than I could even expect? And so I think we have to balance it with making peace with the worst and also being open to it being beyond and better than we can imagine.
0: There's so much to unpack in that. So I really appreciate you taking that time to talk through all that you went through and learning to breathe into that fear, to mm. embrace it and look at it and say, okay, what, what is the worst case mm-hmm. situation what is the best case and, and you know just focusing on that next thing that we do we don't have to know the outcome we don't have to know what? all the answers it's just that next step now you have a new book coming out called the magic of surrender can you talk a little bit about what that book is about
1: yeah the book is about surrender essentially and uh, you know it, 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 in my experience I really believe with my whole heart that surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do, that surrender is the key to manifestation, is the key to the next level, is the secret to, to, to freedom, is the passport to freedom. When I look at all of the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, uh Martin Luther King, at some point they all surrendered themselves. They all surrendered themselves to a vision that was bigger than themselves. They all surrendered themselves to a deeper truth. They all surrendered themselves to the, to the divine. They all surrendered, surrendered themselves to their soul's calling. They all surrendered themselves to life. And in that surrender, that letting go, they opened themselves. They transcended their own human limitations and they opened themselves to life. They opened themselves to being lived by life. They opened themselves to the universe. And I think that is when the magic happens. The book is called the magic of surrender and and so magic is that which is beyond our ego's human limitation and capacity to imagine our life what is beyond your wildest dreams and so often we don't realize that we are so attached to what we want or what we think we want or what we think is good for us that we, we don't realize that sometimes we end up limiting life without attachment to our goal, dream and desire when in fact the universe life is seeking to give us something more amazing. And so there's so many misconceptions about surrender in our culture today. We have this idea that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender means giving up. That surrender means waving the white flag, that surrender means being a victim, being a doormat, being taken advantage of, that surrender means you're going to get left behind, that surrender means you won't manifest your goals and desires and that you'll get less than. I'm saying, what if you got more? What if you got more? Surrender is that opening to the more. And so it is to let go. Surrender is to let go of control. Or the illusion of control, because we think we're in control. But I think if the last few years have shown us anything, perhaps shown us we're not as in control as we thought. And so surrender is the lingo of control, control being the master addiction. Surrender is when we stop trying to force life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be. When we trying to, we stop trying to manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think life should be. When we give up the idea of who we think we should be and how we think our life should be, so that we can just truly open and become fully available, truly available to the authentic life, the authentic expression of how life is seeking to manifest to us. So surrender is taking the limits of life. Surrender is an allowing. Surrender is a letting go. Surrender is an openness and an availability to the magic of life. And I think that's when that's when life often unfolds in ways that we cannot even imagine for ourselves. And so that's what the essence of the book is about.
0: I mean, I think that's so good and something that is so applicable to our listeners lives as military spouses. It's so easy to Mm. hold on to what we wanted, what we wish life would have looked like instead of just letting go because we don't have control. We don't have control about where Mm. we live, how long we stay Mm. somewhere, uh, what opportunities are available to us in our current location and Mm. uh, we can fight that or we can just surrender and let go and open Mm. ourselves up to what new possibilities might be available if we are willing to embrace the life that we have and make Mm. the most of it. So I would love for you to just quickly share um, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about you and what you do?
1: Sure, yeah, the listeners can uh first they can get the book uh, the magic of surrender it's available on paperback at the paperback version because here's the deal if you get the paperback version i know depending on when you listen to this 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 uh, uh this this podcast get the paperback version on amazon and uh you everyone who does gets to receive a whole bunch of free gifts and you can go to to access those free gifts you can go to www. Coot, K-U-T-E, Coot Blackson, just my name, CootBlaxson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. Uh, go there, enter your name, your email and your receipt info. You get access to free gifts and um, a replay of a special seminar that I did for two hours. So that's, that's one. Uh, my main website, CootBlaxson.com, uh, is all, all, has all of my content and schedule. Um, let's see. For those that might want to go on a deep, transformational journey maybe you've been inspired by something you've heard uh, twice a year i do a very very special event in bali it's called boundless bliss uh, so www.boundlessbliss.com you can find out all the details there instagram facebook Blackson. i have a podcast soul talk i'm available there
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is going to be one of those episodes that people go back to, listen over and over again because there's so much value packed inside this. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, friends, I hope you got so much value out of that. Even if you don't agree with everything that Coot has to say, there are so many nuggets of wisdom baked into what he said that applies to our lives as military spouses. The thing I want you to really sit with today is really diving into this self-awareness and asking yourself the three questions that Coot shared with us. Number one, what lies am I telling myself right now? Number two, what am I pretending to not know? And number three, what is it really costing me? Just sit with those questions for a few minutes and see what comes up for you. And if you're saying to yourself, I'm so tired of not being clear on my purpose. I'm so tired of telling myself that I'm confused and that I can't take action. If you are ready to stop Blaming your situation and your current circumstances for where you are, and you're ready to start getting that clarity today. If you are ready to have the framework that's going to help you identify your sweet spot and how you can truly live a meaningful life as a military spouse today, the Mill Purpose Playbook is for you. And each lesson and each module is going to take you on this journey. To help you identify who you are, what you really want in life, what your life purpose is, and how you began to pursue that today regardless of where you are stationed, regardless of what season of life you are in. I want you to know that you don't have to wait for some future season to chase your dreams. There is no grass is greener on the other side, wait till some future season, and then you can live a life of purpose. It is possible today. And all you have to do to get started, to jump inside the Mill Spouse Purpose Playbook is to go to morethanamillspouse.com because friend, you are more than a mill spouse. You have something to offer that the world needs and it's up to you to step into a life with purpose today i will have all the links that coot shared in the show notes as well as the link to his podcast soul talk with coot blackson his newest book is out now the magic of surrender so go check that out in your favorite bookseller have an amazing week friends and until next time may you live filled fueled and full of joy hey friend before you go